Hello and what's up to the classiest of fans, the first class fans, and welcome back once again to This Week in the FCL. As always, I am the Elk, and I am joined by all my wonderful co-hosts as well as a very special guest this week as we're going to break everything down. We've got a lot of exciting stuff going on in the FCL this week. That's right, we had the Punisher stepping into the ring against the sinister one, James Shimo. As well, we're going to talk about the second match, our main event, which is, of course, Alex Marzonia versus the wonderful Aaron Turner, who will incidentally also be our guest here on the show today. Who's going to take down the victories? What went down in each of those matchups? And what news do we have for you? Today's show, like Sesame Street, is brought to you by the numbers 1 through 10 and the letter C. Let's get right into it as we discuss everything that happened this week in the FCL. And hello once again. Welcome, fans. We've got a full house here today on This Week in the FCL. The entire panel is here. And in the world of movies, there's a lot of Turners. You want to go through your history, you've got Lana Turner. You want to go to Inner Geekdom, you've got Time Turners. But there's only one Turner we care about today. Aaron Turner joining us here on This Week in the FCL. As well, I am, of course, joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Doing well, sir. Good to be here. How are you? I'm doing very well here. We're all fine. How about you? Thank you, Ryan. And we've got CB, of course, joining us, our super producer, Chris Barnes, who makes us all look so good. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Uh, yeah, excited to finally be back on the show for the first time for a few weeks. Uh, even though I am melting here, because in the UK at the minute, it is roasting. It's getting hot all over. Also joining us today on the panel, our very regular co-host, Keith is also here. Keith, how are you doing today? It's, uh, it's great to have the whole crew back and one of the OGs of the Schmodown Rundown. That's right. He is one of the OGs. When you're talking about Schmodown history, it's this guy you want to talk to. He's been around since the very beginning or very nearly there. We are thrilled to have you here. Welcome and thank you for joining us, Aaron Turner. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate the warm welcome. Glad to be here. Well, it is wonderful to have you, and as always with our guests, what we like to do here on This Week in the FCL is break down everything that happened a little bit later. Keith will be busting out those stats for you as we go through the match, blow by blow and note for note. We're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about everything that happened next week as we get towards the end of the episode. But, of course, we always like to start it off with a little bit of news. We've got some great stuff coming out of the FCL this week. Let's talk about everything that's happening around the league. Number one on our list today, I want to look at this one. I've got Aaron Turner here, and I think this is the best jumping off point for our news. How about this FCL 18? That's a little ways away. We've got a couple rounds to go before that happens, but we've got the wrestling exhibition match. Aaron Turner, you're an old school wrestling kind of guy. You must be excited about this one. I want to know why I wasn't invited to be in it. That's uh, number one, uh, so we could start there, but... Yeah, of course, I want to see somebody flex their muscles and, and think that they know as much wrestling trivia as me. I mean, I'll obviously be the top guy. I mean, let's be honest here. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if these amateurs want to fight each other and think they're good at wrestling trivia, okay. I'll be watching for sure. 
it is an interesting thing that they're doing here. They're going into wrestling trivia. Obviously, the movie trivia, Schmodown, and the FCL so far has been built on film, but a lot of wrestling influence coming in. And Ryan, I know you know a little bit about wrestling as well, so I want to get your opinion. What do you think about this wrestling exhibition match? Do you think it'll be kind of an interesting, different step out there, or is it too different for the fans of the FCL? No, I think it's a good idea. It's something fresh and different that we haven't seen in the MTS or the Developmental League FCL for that matter. So it should be it should be fun to watch. Grant, I may have watched a, somewhat of a limited run of wrestling from 98 to 2006. But, you know, hey, no matter what, it's going to be exciting to watch because who knows, maybe I'll learn a thing or two in this matchup. Maybe we'll all learn a thing or two, something perhaps about the Hart Foundation or the many faces of Mick Foley, some classics from the Attitude Era. Chris Barnes, wrestling exhibition coming at you, FCL 18. Are you going to be tuning in? You going to be playing along? Um, if the questions are focused on late 90s to very early 2000s WWF at the time, then I might know and play along a bit and get some right. But apart from that, no, unless it's some of our local uh, indie stuff we've got going on here. Well, I've been to a few of those shows. <laughs> I don't think it will be. <laughs> so, so, no, I mean, of course I'll be watching. I'm looking forward to it. I am quite surprised, as Aaron said, he, he was not in this match. You know, when uh, we saw Aaron, obviously with his uh, show he does with John Roker, he obviously he's a wrestling guy. So <laughs> it is like um, I was surprised he wasn't one of the guys that would be in this show when it was first announced. But you know, maybe the next one. Might be an unfair matchup indeed for our good friend Aaron Turner, who's joining us today. And Aaron, we obviously saw some wrestlers in film in your match. We will be talking about that a little bit later with the stats man himself, who will also no doubt have an opinion about this wrestling exhibition match. Keith, what do you got? I think, listen, I'm not a big wrestling guy. I haven't been, it wasn't on my radar growing up. But what I will say is this opens up a potential new audience for people to get into the FCL. And that, to me, is a smart product and marketing move by Brad, by everyone in Skybound to go down this route, see what, see if there's an extra audience out there that can come in. If they get kind of in on the FCL, then they can move up, get involved in the showdown. More people, more eyes on this product, the better. Well, it's definitely going to be a great show because we have that wrestling exhibition match, and this is a couple of weeks down the line, but we do know what's going to be the main event of that show as well, FCL 18, and this one is another one that has me very, very excited. I'm sure everybody else here as well because we've got the dynasty, David Campbell. With only one loss on his record, he's coming in with a big name, a lot of hype behind him, and some very impressive work in the matches he's had so far, but he's going up against a fellow 2-1, and one, another competitor who's done incredibly well in the matches thus far and impressed with all the knowledge. Vanessa Fitzsimmons, this one is going to be a heck of a matchup, possibly a barn burner, maybe even moving into sudden death. I don't know. I, I think we got to go to the competitor first, Aaron. Vanessa, David Campbell, what do you think about this match? It's going to be an interesting one because, like you said, Dan comes in with all the hype. And then you've got Vanessa on the other side who's actually played you know, in the MTS. She's She's got that veteran experience, if you will. Um, so I, you know, they asked me at the end of the, at the end of my match, like who, what competitors I was looking towards in the future. And you know, Vanessa and Robert uh, are people that I have my eyes on, of people that I would like to take on and test my skills against. So I, I would like to see Vanessa get the win, so she can you know move further up the rankings, and then I can eventually knock her down the rankings. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a good one. Absolutely, should be a heck of a matchup. I know we're all really excited for this one, CB. David Campbell, Vanessa Fitzsimmons. I'll just ask you the hard question first. Who do you got in this one? Oh, uh, I wouldn't like to say. You know, I like to sit on this fence. 
but um <laughs> it's it's a tough one really you know obviously i, I want to stick with like obviously the british guy of david campbell he's from over the side of the uh uh the pond but um obviously vanessa also does have that extra experience of being in the mts before as well you know and both of them were they were both unlucky not to even be in like the initial title shout of when the fcl title come about and you know it could have been easily been these two players in there obviously well obviously uh campbell was with harley uh harley but he lost in he but <laughs> but um i don't know i don't know which way we're going to go uh, and you know what andrew i'm still going to sit on the fence so leave me alone well, a little bit of advice for all of our first-class fans out there. If you're going to sit on fences, watch out for pickets first. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad time. Keith, David Campbell, Vanessa Fitzsimmons, hit me. I think that there's kind of shades of Maxwell Haddad versus Robert Montano here in that I kind of made reference to the fact that Robert is kind of like an acid test for these competitors coming into the league, whereas it's kind of the same sort of thing. Like Campbell came in at a good win at Cooper Barnes, didn't get the job done against Nick Harley, and he's kind of in, I don't want to say limbo, limbo is not the right word, but it's kind of limbo. And whereas if he can get a win against Vanessa, it really kicks off kind of his career again it kind of puts a second kind of wind inside of him whereas Vanessa if she wins it's probably just business as usual so that's kind of how I see that now in terms of who's going to win ask me next week <laughs> we'll do we will come back around next week Ryan we got Vanessa I know you enjoy Vanessa we've got David Campbell quite a competitor in the FCL I think this is going to be impressive either way but what do you think oh my goodness uh, we've had the pleasure of having both of these wonderful people on our show, whether it be through Spotlight or otherwise. And I got to say, uh, it's so hard to pick somebody. I, I think I may take the CB uh, defense and just sit on the fence with this. But but as much as I like both Campbell and Vanessa, I'm just going to give a slight, ever so slightly, I'm going to give a slight edge to Vanessa. I'm sorry, Dynasty. I'm so sorry. Just slightly, I think Vanessa's going to be able to pull it out because she is really coming to her own in her past matches. Like, you know, like she did in the MTS, that was fine, but now she's really coming into her own. She's building this momentum. The momentum is on both competitors' sides, but for, for this very moment, ever so slightly, this close, this close, I'm going to go with Vanessa pulling out the victory. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter which competitor wins because at the end, the fans win. We all win. It doesn't matter. It's going to be one of the best matches in FCL history, in my opinion. That is right. I do not entirely disagree with any of the sentiments put out there. I believe we are all saying out loud and in our in our best big boy voices, this is going to be a heck of a match between these two. Vanessa and David know their stuff. They are both contenders in the FCL who are very deserving of their position near the top of the ranking. Speaking of which, yay, we've got rankings! That's right. Brad Gilmore has released your rankings. And like I said, today's show is brought to you by the numbers one through 10. And my favorite, my absolute favorite of all time, the letter C for your champion, the flirt and flouse. We're going to talk about these rankings, break them down, get some opinions, where people fall. Maybe they should be higher. Maybe they should be lower. But we've got a lot to look at as we go through them. Real quick, before we toss it to anybody else, I'm going to go through the rankings for you one time. At number 10, sitting at a one and one record, Mad Max, Maxwell Haddad. Just above Maxwell Haddad at 1-0, sitting in the ninth spot, Kaylin Corrigan. Kaylin Corrigan making her way onto the list. Brennan Marr, undefeated at 1-0 as well at number eight. Robert Adams, David Campbell, and Vanessa Fitzsimmons all together between the five and the seven at 1-1. One one. Vanessa inching out the top spot. Obviously, there's some factors in there. There's some scoring that moves one person ahead of another one. Up at 2-1. And all by himself, James Shimo, number four, 
the sinister one, moving up the rankings. Travis Fishburne ahead at 2-0. and And then, interestingly enough, Kofi Outlaw at 2-1. and One loss behind Travis Fishburne, sitting in the two spot. Number one, well-deserved. Nobody here going to argue. Robert Montano, 3-0. and Nearly perfect through three matches. Definitely the right spot for him. And, of course, your champion of the FCL. He brings pop and love to the world. Zaflirt and Flaus on top of the rankings as he deserves to be. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to go through. So I'm just going to throw it right over. And let's start with you, Ryan. What do you think about these rankings and what stands out to you on here? What's looking like it's in the right or the wrong place? I mean, you could say there's a few names that could be moving up on the list or down on the list. But the one thing I just don't uh, – but at the end of the day, I'm okay with these rankings. But the one thing that does bother me is that letter C. I don't like the letter C. I don't like whose name is next to the letter C because he has no business whatsoever in that spot, whether it's as world heavyweight champion or in this sport. I mean, give me a break. Seriously. I am so looking forward to whoever it may be to take that C off of Plaus, take the bell, bring back tradition, honor, and respect to the FCL World Heavyweight Championship. But other than that, some solid rankings. Some players could be moving up, could be moving down, depending on their next matchups, which we will see as we go throughout the course of the FCL's uh, timeline. But, yeah, get that C out of here. Put somebody else in there. Give me Dynasty. Give me Vanessa. Give me Robert. Doesn't matter. Just not Zipruton counts. Sorry. Not sorry. Well, obviously, you have opinions that stand out, and you are not afraid to talk about them. Somebody else with sometimes often uninformed opinions who loves to talk about them, Keith. We've got 11 competitors. What are your thoughts when you see these names lined up like this? Listen, like the only thing I would say is that the, because the league is still so young, these rankings are probably changeable on, on a week. It's just kind of where we're at at the moment. The one thing that I wasn't sure, I see Brennan Maher is there at eight. My understanding was that his fight against the Flying Cow was to get into the league. So I wasn't sure that the the 1-0 and o was going to carry over. But obviously it is, and fair play to the guy performed extremely well on the night and deserves his place in the top 10 as an undefeated competitor. I think, listen, over the next few weeks, this is all going to shake out a little bit. There's going to be a road to the flouse in some manner, shape or form. I can I can see a sort of like a, a Shimo Fishburne kind of number one contender with maybe a Montano flouse triple threat coming down the line would be how I would kind of go about it. I think the Vanessa and David fight that puts the winner of that in kind of the top three. And then obviously if Brennan gets a win next week against Fred Klein, that pushes him into kind of the top five. These rankings are going to be fluctuating all the time. But Andrew, you must be disappointed that your good friend, Mr. Furtado, has unfortunately uh, dropped out of the top ten. Well, you know, there are things on this list that I would certainly change. Mr. Furtado is a wonderful performer. Perhaps the greatest performer currently working in the FCL might be on par with the current champion. I don't know. Doing a great job out there. And, yes, I believe a travesty of justice was it was inflicted when Andrew Furtado was not put on this list. But another person not on this list who has to be feeling bad about it, somebody who knows a little bit about how you stack competitors up against each other. You have some experience in this field. Mr. Aaron Turner, you're not on this list. Angry? Not surprised. I, I wouldn't I would say I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I, I, I did lose. Spoiler alert. But it's just – I, it's like it's like Keith said, man. This is a very young league. It's a very young ranking system. It's like if you're if you're a college football fan, it's like week three. It's like okay, so you're number one in week three, cool. And uh, when it comes to week twelve, does that matter? No. So it's it's going to be a lot of fluctuating stuff. I do, I do look at this list and I see number ten. I see I see my good buddy Maxwell, and I say, yeah, he had that match with Robert and it didn't go his way. 
But Max is a guy that can easily jump from 10 to 5 to 3 to the number one contender spot. So definitely keep your eye on Max. Uh, for him cracking that, you know, being in that top 10, I think that's that's where he needs to be. But I think he's a dangerous number 10. I do not I do not uh, think that that is an incorrect assessment. I mean, Maxwell Haddad showed a fair bit of knowledge. And obviously, he's up against a hell of a competitor when he did face his loss. Robert Montano, as mentioned previously, definitely deserving of that one spot going three round, three matches and nearly perfect. I believe only one miss so far. Is that correct, Keith? It is indeed. Yeah, one miss in the second round against Haddad over three matches. The only thing that he one miss answered. three matches. Oof. Oh, I mean, that's a dangerous competitor right there. And I, I, I agree with you as well, Aaron, that I think we could see a lot of these competitors move up, move down. Obviously, we have a big matchup coming up in a couple of weeks. We already talked about David Campbell, Vanessa Fitzsimmons, both of these very strong competitors who I could see climbing all the way to the top of that list with relative ease over the next few weeks, their next couple of matchups. Uh, there are some people on this list that I definitely, definitely think will, will be making an appearance higher up as we go. I do find it a little bit interesting that Travis Fishburne at 2-0 is between Kofi Outlaw at two and James Shimo at four, both with a two and one record. So technically a better record there, uh, perhaps points scored, perhaps there's something else we're not seeing. Uh, CB, any thoughts? Um, well, I ruffled a few feathers a couple of weeks ago when I released my own personal rankings on uh, Twitter and yeah, upset quite a lot of people. But then I don't know, I, I was obviously judging things differently. I was pretty much just doing it on win-loss records. So for me, I don't really understand how we can have Maxwell on one, one in 10. And then Robert and David and Vanessa on one one in five, six, and seven. And then, you know, <laughs> Brennan and Kaylin like the uh, meat in that kind of one one sandwich. So, uh, you know, for me, I would put if you've got a zero in your loss record, I would probably bump you up above those. But apart from that, you know, it is kind of, I don't know how they've judged this. And it is, it, 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 look, it looks like the most uh, sensible kind of ranking how it how it probably should be you know i mean you're looking at the guys obviously montano there's only one person going up yeah the flouse obviously massively deserves to be the champion anyway you know he's amazing so um but yeah and i do agree with um uh, andrew what you said with uh fishburn uh, again with he's got that zero in there he he arguably for me should be in that number two spot but apart from that no i pretty much echo most of what uh, what you guys all said. Well, there's a lot of wonderful competitors on that list. And as we said, it is an early ranking, but this is how the league is shaping up right now. We're starting off after about three months of matches with the flirt and flouse as your champion, the nearly perfect Robert Montano trailing directly behind and a murderer's row of fellow competitors, names like Shimo, names like Fitzsimmons and Campbell, names like Adams and Haddad, Kaylin Corrigan, Brennan Mar. Kofi I mean, this is definitely the cream of the crop that we've seen so far. As you said, Mr. Turner, obviously this will change and who you are, where you were three months in doesn't matter six months down the line. So keep working hard, keep those records going. And congratulations to everybody who made the list. Also, people who are making the list for the FCL, I will be calling you about Andrew Furtado, who should definitely be on this list. We will talk about it. But another player who would be on this list, I think we can all agree, who would definitely be sitting somewhere in those top spots had he not been picked up. We're going to right now take a moment and wish a very, very good luck and, and, and congratulations, large congratulations to Nick Harley, who will be debuting in the movie Trivia Schmodown. That's right. He is going to be making his debut in a team's matchup. 
It will be Pop Quiz, Jen Kemp and Vinny Mancuso versus Chaos Theory. The once teamed with Janine the Machine, Jacoby Bancroft will be Nick Harley's partner. And as fans of the FCL, from all of us to you, Nick, I, I assume, congratulations. Good luck out there. But I may be wrong. Let's find out what everybody else has to say. And let's start where everybody wants me to go first. Keith. Uh the one thing I would say is that, listen, congratulations, Nick, on getting picked up. And it's great to see him getting the game. But now is, this is, unfortunately, he's in a, a kind of a no-win situation in that if he does well, well, he was the FCL champion, so you, you expect that. If he doesn't do well, well, he's, he came from the FCL, so they're not fit for purpose. So he's kind of in a no-win spot. The one thing I would say about the match, just as your name and those four players out, Andrew, is that the big thing for both teams is going to be deciding A, who is the A player and who is the B player, and B, just the communication between the two people, between kind of like round two and round three. That's what's going to kind of decide this fight between uh, Pop Quiz and Chaos Theory. I Just based again on, on the four names, I would have Harley and Jacoby as favourites, but listen, God only knows what's going to happen. All it takes is an opponent's choice, which Nick is very familiar with in his career so far, to change things up. But um, to that point again, he's been through three opponent's choices, so he knows how to like take those hits and come back. But listen, I'm excited to see him in the big leagues, and let's see what he's got. Let's absolutely do that. Aaron Turner, you've been around the MTS for quite some time. I believe you've seen just about as many people make their debuts as anybody has. Nick Harley will be moving up. He got a couple good matches. He won the championship, and now he's moving on to the movie trivia showdown. Any advice for him? Anything that you think he needs to know to succeed? I would say my, my advice would be trust yourself. I mean, you would think, I think a lot of people think, okay, well, he's moving from FCL to MTS, a different ball game. Not necessarily. It's still movie trivia at its core. So as long as you're confident in your own ability that you know movie trivia, you know what you're talking about, you'll be fine. But it's also... On the other hand, it is different because it's a team dynamic. It's not your single. So you have to kind of rely on the strengths and, unfortunately, the weaknesses of your partner. So these, I mean, I don't know how well uh, these dudes know each other personally, but it's kind of hard to get into a team when you're just kind of thrown together and see if you mesh well. Because if it doesn't work out, then that looks bad on both of you. So a lot of things can happen. There's a lot of variables. But my my advice would be what I said in the, initially is trust yourself because, I mean, you're there for a reason. No, absolutely. That is a very good piece of advice. Got to have that confidence. Got to step in there and know that you can hang with the big dogs. Nick Harley, from everything we saw, probably won't have trouble with that particular element of his game, but we will find out when he makes his debut. And I will say, you are correct about the teams. Sometimes that new team doesn't have the gel, the, the kind of chemistry that they need, but it is the stars, and they've had some luck recently with new teams. Look at what happened with the Otter couple, Janine, coming in and making an incredible incredible showing along with Jeff Snyder, even though they did not win. What a match from both of them. So maybe the star's luck will continue. And Ryan, as someone who will soon be in the FCL and shortly after that making his way to the MTS, what are your thoughts on Nick Harley's graduation to the big show? Thank you for pointing that out, Andrew. Yes, uh, this this is going to be a great match. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he does in teams. What a way to debut. Forget singles. They're throwing it right into the lion's den. No pun intended. With a tag team matchup, that's going to be cool. And Jacoby, he and I are good. He and I are buddies. He and I have competed either against each other. Or we've seen each other compete in different matches in the families before he got his invite to the MTS. So very much looking forward to seeing how this team does in the team's division of the MTS. So congratulations to 
Nick Harley, despite some of our differences in the past. But wish you well moving forward, good sir. And for Chris Barnes, our super producer, the man who's never been afraid to have an opinion, Pop Quiz, hot shot, <laughs> who's taking the victory in this one? Pop Quiz versus Chaos Theory. Well, I am going for Nick and his uh, partner, Jacoby, because uh, he's a friend of 50% of the show, pretty much, I think. Uh, myself, <laughs> yeah. myself and Andrew get on with him quite well. Uh, Keith and Ryan, not so much. And I just want to say, obviously, by the time this show goes out, the match would have happened. So, Nick, if you watch this, uh, I hope it went well for you and uh we will uh yeah hopefully get you back on this show soon as well to celebrate your victory with us we would love to talk to nick harley no matter what happens in that matchup as always once again just a real quick congratulations best of luck to you nick we are all rooting for you to represent well for the fcl and for yourself as well of course but moving on from that, Nick Harley will be making his way to the MTS while we are going to take a step back and we are going to start talking about everything that happened during all of the wonderful matchups this week, including, Mr. Turner, your match this week in the main event. We've got two big matches and we've got the man who has all the numbers, all the stats and every single question ready for you. Let's talk about this week's matches with Keith Kilduff. FCL 16 kicked off with an inner geekdom fight between Elena Jordan and James Shimo, two returning singles players. Shimo obviously had been uh, making big noises since the start of the year, wanting to be in IG, wanting to be in Star Wars. This is his first kind of taste of it. Whereas we know Elena from her previous work in the Schmodown, in that fatal five that we referenced a few weeks ago. Round one came up and Shimo wanted to make a big statement. He certainly did that, ending the round 9-4 up perfect round um, Elena misses four of the first five unfortunately uh, not knowing a couple of actors um, a Star Trek question about how many films JJ directed and who composed the score to all of the Middle Earth movies she does pull back in the kind of the later round uh, Paul Bettany is a pull in Star Wars Johnny Depp in Swashbuckling Adventure and then an Aliens question at the end for Shimo's bonus um, Percival Graves and Fantastic Beasts Colin Farrell as I say, 9-4, round one. Uh, Aaron, I want to kind of come to you because obviously at the time when you were kind of running the rundown, IIG wasn't as big or it was just about to kind of explode into life. So going from where it was when you kind of left off to what it's at now with so many more categories, what's your opinion on the IG division in general? It's, it's really taken off. I mean, I remember like back when it first started, like it was like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star, like I think Star Wars was even in it at the beginning. So it was kind of like barely getting its bearings. And then there was like a, a huge hot debate about should James Bond be in it? I still say no for the record. It should not. Uh, how many James Bond conventions have you been to? Zero. Doesn't exist. So <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't need to be in there. But it's crazy how it's exploded. Like, I mean, through like Kevin Smith's run, through Mike Kalinowski's run, through Mara's run, you know, Rachel Cushing, all these people have had like great runs through Intergeekdom and have gone on to either be like a team champion or some other uh, great form. So, like, the Intergeekdom, I think, used to be looked at as like, oh, well, this is like the mid card. It's not the, it's not the top, top championship. And I think that's wrong, man, because you look at some of these questions and I'm sitting there as a person that's like, huh. I know Star Wars and things like that. And I'm just looking at these questions in this match and just being like, no, no way. <laughs> so my hat's off to them. And, and to watch it grow has been a real treat. 
Andrew, um, Elena has a rough round one, kind of similar to what Keaton Markey had last week, unfortunately, and kind of similar enough mistakes, couple of actors' names, numbers, as I was saying. Well, I mean, I know that Elena was dealing with some medical issues, and obviously, if that affected her gameplay in any way, I do want to say I'm not blaming you for any any outside factors that came in. I do admire that you showed up for this match, Elena, ready to play. But I'm going to repeat myself when it comes to Elena Jordan, just as I have about a few other competitors out there. There's a time that needs to be taken in these matches. Puns are all well and good. You know me. I'm a man who loves a good dad joke, a good pun, something that really makes you groan and say, did they just say that out loud? But maybe, just maybe, take a little more time, focus a little more on the questions in front of you, because there's some misses here that were borderline. There are some questions where Elena, with a repeat or with a little more time thinking, probably could have pulled out the point, put yourself in a rough situation after round one, down five points. This is almost as bad as it gets. Obviously, if you're looking to go even with your opponent in the next round, hopefully five points still gives you that wiggle room on just the five-point question at the end. But anything lower than this would be literally just about as bad as it could be. And not a great round for Elena. As I said, maybe some outside factors coming in. But if not, then Elena in the match, when the round is going on, a little less focus on the puns and a little more focus on getting those answers right, taking the correct time on them might behoove you because I think you can come out of a round one like this, Elena, with two or even three more points to your name, put yourself in a much better position moving forward. Ryan, I want to come to you because I have a point that I'd like to bring up to you. You are, as you have said, uh, publicly and privately to us, a massive Mike Kalinowski fan. And Mike, obviously, is a dual, if not triple threat across singles, IG, and teams. Are you seeing shades of this in Shimo, considering what he's done in singles so far and what he's done in round one here? Hmm. Ask me about the sinister one. Okay. I thought you were going a different direction, but, okay. but that's all right. But anyway, no, to answer your question, though, he's getting good. Shimo is, is starting to morph into this shark who's just going, he's out for blood. He's out for it, man. And he's getting darn good at perfect round one. That is scary no matter what division you're in. You're like, oh my goodness. This is, like if you're struggling, if you're a few points behind your opponent, like like Elena was with Shimo, you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, this is going to be a long day at the office. All right, put on a pot of coffee. Going to be here a while. Just saying. But yeah, no, uh, Shimo's getting really good. Could he become a triple, 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 triple threat like my boy Kalinowski? know about that right now but he is getting better so i will give credit where credit is due nice work shark shimo cb how'd you get on round one here um i did pretty awfully myself <laughs> um yeah <laughs> as always but, um i honestly think i probably did a little bit better than elena and i kind of want to echo a lot of what uh andrew uh said really i think the kind of the puns got away from her a bit in this one she needs to just really kind of focus on maybe the gameplay a little bit more than thinking up of a pun as well as the answer to whatever question she's trying to answer. So it was a tough it was a tough round for her. And as far as Shimo with I think he really is a bit of a triple threat. I mean he's proved himself and we I know he, he dug us out a little bit early on when he came in as singles and we said, oh I thought he was in in a geek some kind of guy and he kind of had a dig and he proved us wrong. Well, you know, one uh, he got a couple of wins in the uh, singles but um and he proved today he knows we, oh, well, we'll get on to the second round in a bit but he he did pretty down pretty damn well so i do think he is a legitimate triple threat already 
Let's move into round two. So our wheel comes up. It's an interesting kind of mix. We're seeing Alien Predator, who said it is always a dangerous kind of category, mixed bag as well, then kind of Superman, Spider-Man, Transformers. Aaron, do you like the fact that they've taken categories like Marvel and DC and then they've kind of split them further again into specifics like Spider-Man and Superman? Yeah, because, I mean, it's so broad, right? Like, DC, like, that could be anything. That could be anything from Batman to Watchmen to, like, it's such a broad spectrum. And I think if you go and you kind of dumb it down to, I shouldn't say dumb it down, but if you split it up to, like, hey, Batman, like, Batman is so broad in itself. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, trying to come up with questions for, like, just Batman. Like, even that category is massive. Superman as well. I mean, look how many times, like, these these characters have been on screen. So I think they do need their own category. That way you can fit more. Like eventually they're going to run out of questions, right? So you can only have so many DC Marvel questions. So as long as like, we're getting, we're getting into the nitty gritty. This is inner geekdom. There's a reason that we're getting geeky about these certain characters, like Batman, super geek character, uh, Spider-Man, Superman, all these. So yeah, heck yeah. Andrew, there's a reason I've asked Aaron that question, and I want to kind of follow up with another one to you. So obviously, Alien and Predator and Transformers are two slices that have come into IG this year. Elena gets Spinner's choice and openly says that she doesn't know whether to pick between Transformers and Alien versus Predator. Do you think with all these newer categories that people are competitors are focusing on them and kind of are we seeing a shift away from the standardized strength categories of like a DC and Marvel? Well, I mean, I can't speak for any of the competitors directly, but I know if I was getting involved in this and I was seeing the wheel make these drastic changes, you're taking something like a DC, as Aaron pointed out, and as I know very well from having spent a little bit of time writing questions in a standard inner geekdom format for a trivia show here on YouTube, very much like the movie trivia show, Schmodown, that it is a large, large category. And if I were a competitor and I was saying to myself, I don't have to watch Watchmen. I don't have to watch Teen Titans go to the movie. I don't have to watch any of these things because I know it's just going to be Superman movies. Yes, I do have to watch Steel, kind of. Yes, I still have to watch all the Henry Cavills. I still have to watch all of the Christopher Reeves. But really, I'm a competitor and I'm looking at this wheel. I'm saying to myself, well, this is fantastic. My study session just went from 35 movies down to seven. And I would be thrilled beyond belief. I also think Elena Jordan giving a little bit away here. She made another comment when she got a question about the movie Aliens, Michael Bean being in that when she she did say she didn't know which of these two to pick. I think if I had to take a guess, I'd say that Elena probably put Aliens and Predator on that wheel. And I think she might have been trying to mislead her opponent to not give away that that was definitely her strength pick. But I could be wrong. So she takes Alien and Predator and sweeps the board eight for eight. Danny Glover is in Predator 2. Michael Fassbender in Prometheus. Ridley Scott has directed three movies and Winona Ryder was in Alien Resurrection. For Shimo, goes for a spin. DC Movies comes up, decides to take it as well. And he sweeps the board as well, eight for eight. Ewan McGregor in as Black Mask. Uh, Batman and Robin was released in 97. Will Arnett voices Slade Wilson in Teen Titans. And what Oscar did Suicide Squad win? hair and makeup 17 12 it's still the same um five point gap brian but it just looks that elena's starting to find her feet a little bit more within the match 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And picking, you know, I wish she would have said, oh, I'm having a hard time choosing between these two categories and not give away specifically what she may have gone for. That would have been a better thing to say. Just saying, Elena, I still love you, though. It's okay. But taking Alien and Predator. Yeah, good category. And when you go into round three, it's just, man, five point different difference in round one, five point difference in round two. You're still thinking. I, I'm finding, and you know, it's still going to be a bit of a long day at the office, but I'm still chugging along. And by the way, Elena Jordan has has improved in in this match as compared to her first one. So good on her. And by the way, I may not have grown up with the gem and the holograms here, Elena. I'm just saying, but the whole look and then the whole puns thing. By the way, there were few. Not all of your puns may have landed with with the people in the thousand room audience, but I will say, a few of them were pretty good. So I got to give Elena some credit here. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm very, I'm very surprised that Shimo didn't crack a smile or break character because a few of those puns would have had oh. me on, potentially on the floor. But good match by both competitors all around going into round three, even though round three is going to be quite tough. Aaron, obviously Elena's going down this whole Punisher kind of route. How hard have you found watching kind of digital slowdown for the whole kind of like the competitor kind of um, character to come out? It's hard to do, man. Like it's hard to balance like your character work and uh, try to remember like the answers to these questions. That's why I went with like a serious gimmick because I kind of cheated. I was just like, well, if I be straight laced, I don't really have to think about anything else. I can just think about the match. So that's kind of my own little cheat there. But it, it's got to be difficult. I mean, for her to like try to come up with some kind of interesting pun to keep you entertained, but at the same time try to remember how many uh, you know movies Ridley Scott directed in the Alien franchise. It's not an easy thing to do. So I think you've got, like you guys, we've all talked about it. I mean, you got to kind of curb that a little bit, like maybe dial back the puns, maybe have some predisposed puns you can throw in there when you know something completely. But it, it's got to be difficult. I can't imagine. That's, that's Like I said, that's why I picked the straight lace gimmick. <laughs> CV, so after Elena spin, she's 12-9 up. And I suppose Shimon knows in himself, strategy-wise, that whatever category he takes, provided it's not a pawn's choice, he can multiple choices his way through the round and he's still up going into round three. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's obviously the the issue that Elena had from that first round. Got being at a five-point de deficit. Or was it five-point or was it a four-point? Mm -hmm. Five-point deficit from, yeah. from the first round. It was kind of... It did make the round easier for Shimo, you know, and obviously he does seem like a guy who knows his stuff anyway. So I'm pretty sure he looked like he'd probably been pretty comfortable in all of those, uh, all those categories. I have to admit, I think for me, uh, Aliens and Predator, that, I think that must have been Elena's pick. You know, you can kind of, or at least one of her picks. And it's a round, it's a, it's a category that I would never take myself. But that's because I'm, uh, I've only seen one of them. <laughs> Films oh, no. Someone's got homework <laughs> to do after this program. <laughs> but and that being said, I actually kind of I think I knew three of the four answers. We've only seen one of the movies. I just kind of know it's just one of those things like the Michael Bean, which movies in I kind of knew that Danny uh Danny Glover. So um they did very well. And um what was your question again, Keith? I think I've gone off track. No, no, you've answered let's watch the alien predator movies when we get out of here. Yeah, oh, that, that can yeah, be your. It's just, it's just not my thing. It's not my back. It's not my back. So let's move into round three. Elena's two middle earth. Who's the voice of Smaug? It's a repeat. Gets Benedict Cumberbatch. Eventually commits to it. Gets the two. 
in asked her three animated Nick Cage voices who in Teen Titans, Superman, back to Shimo on his two, Time Travel, The Mariner and Waterworld, Kevin Costner, and then it's all on Elena, it's all on the five, fantasy sci-fi, who is Roy in R.I.P.D. And without taking a second, just splurts out Brian Reynolds and then realizes, as Brad is saying, and your winner, that it's the other person, leaves a couple of JTEs on the table, 1917, 100% PPE for Shimo. Aaron, what did you make of Shimo's performance overall? I'm telling you, man, this guy is going to be a force. I look at him. I like I like the what he does. I like the look on like the look on his face. He didn't get shook at any point. You could look at his face and you could tell he's just I know it. I'm just going to say it. I know it. Like let the other person get animated. Let them make their mistake, which I mean, unfortunately she did. She she answered too quickly. She didn't take the time to think about it, and this is what happens. So you know this, Mr. Shimo. I, I'm kind of scared of. I think I said that like in the in the pre the pre match uh, before. Like you guys didn't see this on air, but I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared of you, dude. Like how good you are. So, um, very impressed with him. He is quite a dangerous competitor, Andrew. However, if Elena hits her five regardless of everything that Shimo has done up to that point, he still needs his five to win. There's almost shades of him against Sonny in this kind of instance. As I said way back in the first round, Elena was almost in the worst situation she could be in and almost was because of this, because she was five points behind. If you can maintain in your second round, which Elena did very well here, going perfect, as did Shimo, then you can pull yourself to within five points. We've talked before about how heavily balanced those final questions in a matchup are in the Schmodown or in the FCL. When you can answer nine questions in the first round go completely perfect and get nine points and your opponent can go and answer two questions at the end of the match and be right behind you by one point you know that the balance is going to be on these last questions that's why it's most important to focus in round number three especially in a situation like elena found herself in right here she jumps out and she goes ahead and she says the answer without thinking about it she still had repeats on the board so you know what i'm going to go back to my sesame street metaphor and i'm going to change it because today is not brought to you by the numbers one through ten or the letters c do you know what you know what letters brought this show to you today those magical letters those three letters that we all love to hear j t e that's right use those repeats use your time you're on the five point question there's no time left you're going to get the sudden death they're going to give you another one please use your j if you're sure use your JTE. Take your 15 seconds, use your JTE, take your next 15 seconds, and then you have 30 seconds to think about it and avoid making a potentially game-ending mistake like saying the other star two seconds after the question has been asked. Elena did perform well, and I thought she recovered well in her second round, but this is the exact same kind of thing that happened to her in the first round. Too quick on the draw, not taking her time, costs her the matchup in this case because potentially she could have pushed it all the way to sudden death had she not made this error. Ryan, obviously, Elena is 0-1 in IG, and your other heartthrob, Keaton Markey, is 0-1 in IG. Would uh, would you like to see those face off in the ring sometime? Oh, Keith, stats, man. What are you doing to me, brother? How dare you, kindly? How dare you, sir? But anyway, would I like to see that? Not really, because they're two nice people. I don't want to see two nice people clawing at each other. But you know what? If Brad the commish... And Steph Sabraw sitting backstage in the executive offices want to put those two in the ring. That's their decision. If they want to do it, fine. Uh, I'm still going to probably 
cheer on Elena in that instance. But still, <laughs> but still, it would be a heck of a match. It would be fun to watch it, respectively. That's all well and good. And I wish both competitors the best of luck. That is something I do want to make uh, very abundantly clear, Keith Stats Boy. But, yeah, tough go around for Elena. She's been going through a lot health-wise. She's been reporting on it on Twitter and Instagram. And, man, it, I can't imagine what kind of struggle she must be going through. But, Elena, from all of us here, we wish you well. We hope you get much better. We hope whatever's going on health-wise, these things are out of your system. You get to be 100%, and you can keep making those fantastic puns, putting together those glorious cosplays, and entertaining the millions and millions of people out there watching these matches. <laughs> Wonderfully said, Ryan. I think we, we all echo those sentiments. But CB, on the other kind of side, do we look at Shimo against Kat next? Well, I, I think we have to, really, with there only being yeah, a couple of uh, in the Geekton matches so far, and they're, they're the two winners. So I think that's the way we're going to go. And it'll be, it'll be a good match because Kat was... Uh, I didn't obviously get to speak on Kat much I was because I wasn't on last week. So, uh, But she did very, very well. Um and I, yeah, I think it'll be a good uh, good match for both of them going forward. I'm just excited to get more in a Geekdom uh, matches under under the belt of the league in general. You know, get some more competitors in there and get that in a Geekdom ranking list started uh, filling up. And I just have to say what uh, Aaron said about uh, James Bond like shouldn't be in the uh, in a Geekdom and uh, and the amount of like new movies are when a Waterworld question came out, I was like, oh my god. We're asking you know questions what, about that's everything fair. now. That's <laughs> asking fair. questions about everything now. I mean, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, Chris, I think whenever we hear anything about Waterworld, our brains just go, "What the heck is going on? <laughs> Why?" Yeah. yeah, I'm just waiting for the Super Mario Brothers questions to start. Oh, yeah, baby. As a '90s kid, I would respect that, despite the movie not being that good. But still, I'm a '90s kid. I enjoyed it for what it was back then. Absolutely. Let's move into the main event involving the man in the middle against Alex Marzonia. Don't forget the Onya. Um, coming into this fight, what were you expecting out of Alex? Because obviously there's not much game tape on him, really, Aaron. Yeah, I know a lot, a lot of people uh, in my camp particularly uh, were saying, like, I, I think you probably have a good time, like, easy, easy win here or something like that. I didn't take him lightly at all because when you're around the Schmo now as much as he is, you're going to absorb knowledge just by through through osmosis you're just going to and then uh, you know i hear through the grapevine that he's into uh, all these other like foreign films and and different things so i was like okay this guy's going to be you know better than you think so you need to prepare for somebody that's better than you think so i definitely didn't take him lightly i don't think any i hope nobody thought that i did because i definitely did not take alex lightly i was prepared for a battle and that's what i got Definitely. So listen, let's move into round one and seven to seven. Question writers have mixed up the round. Biopics comes back in. Horror comes back in. Oscars comes back in. Animators back in for the third time this season. Uh, seven to seven. Aaron, you missed the movie release dates question of Endgame and Rise of Skywalker. 2019 being the answer. You say 2018. And Alex misses the very next one in the category of 90s. The 91 spoof film parody of Top Gun. Hot Shots. Um, in terms of your miss, was it just kind of COVID brain, kind of the, the years are all off? That's exactly what I blame it on, COVID. I, like, even after, like, the break, I was saying, dude, it's pandemic years. I can't remember the last time. <laughs> like, I don't even know what year it is. It's 2021. <laughs> I feel like I saw a movie, like, 10 years ago. So I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I, I chalk it up to. I mean, I, when he said 2019, it was correct. And I was like, oh, no. So... <laughs> 
yeah, it was that was a tough one. But movie release dates in, in general, honestly, like I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Worst category for me. Cannot deal. Like I've seen tons and tons of movies, but movie release dates not my jam. I am not Scott Vance. It's uh, it's definitely a category that's killing a lot of people this season, no question. But there's some nice questions in here. The Rugrats movie is asked. The Aviator, the Wedding Singer, the Thing. Uh, as I said, Hot Shots uh, across the universe about our songs about what band, the Beatles, and then kind of rounding out in Oscars, uh, what Gus Van Sant film earned Robin Williams an Oscar, Goodwill Hunting. Ryan, how did you get on in round number one? Yeah, I think I would have done pretty well if I remember all the questions. I think I would have gone eight, you know, seven for eight, if not eight for eight, because I can't. Wasn't there an Oscars question? Or no, 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 the Robin Williams I would have got. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> probably would have gone perfect now that I think about it, because Robin Williams, I automatically knew, because Goodwill Hunting is one of my all-time favorite movies, period, like period. And then, yeah, the other questions really well put together and both competitors did a fantastic job. So, yeah, great. Quite, they are really like I feel like in the in the undercard matches, those are like warm ups. And then the secondary matches, like they they turn it up to 11 when it comes to certain questions. And this round one was no exception, especially when we get into round three. My gosh, if they turn up the heat on you competitors. <laughs> Andrew, there's a nice kind of character bit by Alex. Every uh, answer that has an N, he puts the little accent on. I mean, let's let's just go ahead and talk about Alex Marzonia. I mean, he comes in here and he's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's using his repeats at the right time. He's taking time on his questions. He's getting all these answers right. And he's such a nice young man. He's polite and friendly. He's offering to buy you a beer, Aaron, after the match is over, win, lose, or draw. And let me just look at you right in the eye right now, Mr. Marzonia, and say it disgusts me. Have a little respect for the game and have a little disrespect for your opponents. That's right. Come at them. Come hard. You're here to destroy your opponents, not to make best friends and have coffee afterwards. I mean, maybe you showed some movie trivia knowledge in the ring today, but you know what you didn't show me? A killer instinct. The kind of thing that you need if you really want to be successful in this business, in any business, is that want, that need to crush your enemies, to grind them under your foot, to drive them before you. And as Conan would say in a very sexist and outdated quote, hear the lamentations of their women. Why, Alex Marzonia, are you being so nice to everybody? It's driving me insane. Well, listen, Andrew, I'll let you catch your breath and we'll move into round number two. The wheel <laughs> comes up. There's an interesting slice on the wheel, Aaron. I don't know what you thought of it. One word titles. Well, when they brought up the list of stuff that was going to be on the wheel, of course, we had our picks. Um you know, I chose wrestlers and film. We can talk about that in a minute. But um, I was t- totally comfortable with everything they had on the board. Every single thing. Like Eddie Murphy, uh, Ed Harris was on the board. Even uh, musicians and film, which was, I think, Alex, what he picked. So I was very comfortable with everything on the board. The one-word titles didn't spook me at all. Like, I I know it's a, it's a bit interesting, like, you know, to kind of to kind of think of that. And it'll kind of throw you off. But I wasn't sweating any of those. That's fair enough. So listen, Spinner's Choice comes in for you. You take your bullseye slice, wrestlers and film. You go seven for eight. David Arquette is in Scream. Drax is the character in uh, David Bautista plays. Um, Triple H is in Blade uh, Trinity. And then you go down to multiple choice on the Dwayne Johnson, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Bay movie. You can't pull it even with a repeat. You know it straight away on the multiple choice. Um, in terms of the category itself, before a question was asked, how deep did you think that they were going to go in this? I did, I did. I really couldn't tell you. Like when I heard the when I heard the first question, I was like, okay, David Arquette. That's kind of difficult. Maybe kind of difficult for people, but maybe not because he was you know WCW champion. But 
Uh, that would kind of probably throw people off. But um, as far as it went, like Drax the Destroyer, like, come on, that's all day. Uh, Triple H is the only wrestler in Blade Trinity, if people even remember that movie. Jarko Gremlin, the second he said that, I was like, oh, that's Triple H. Pain and Gain. See, this is what's haunting me is, is Pain and Gain. I knew the answer, obviously, when we got down to multiple choice. What happened was... What got stuck in my head was there was this tag team back in the 80s and 90s. Their name was Power and Glory. And I couldn't get Power and Glory out of my head. And I was like, that's not right. It's not Power and Glory. Like, I know you, like, you know it. And when you hear it, you'll know it. But it's not Power and Glory. So I had, to, I had to use it. I had to use the multiple choice, even though I didn't want to. I knew it once it came up. But Power and Glory would not leave my brain. Too much wrestling knowledge, I think. Too Aaron, much. Right? It's too yeah, much. Too it's, much. it's overwhelming, sir. So listen, it flips over to Alex. Eddie Murphy's his first spin, decides no, goes with, ends up on musicians in film. As you say, more than likely that's his slice considering his background. He goes six for eight, uh, Taylor Swift in Valentine's Day. What um, movie did Cher win an Oscar for? Moonstruck. And then Dolly Parton in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. The fourth question, 2001 Training Day features what rap star goes down to multiple choice, misses uh, says Ice T, and you rob a point straight away. Snoop Dogg knew it straight away, and you're up by two. So not only have you kind of you, you've leveled up in round one after your movie release dates miss, and then you kind of gained a little bit on him. So you must have been feeling quite good, dude. I was chomping at the bit on that Dolly Parton question. I was like, just <laughs> say anybody else. I was like, just say anybody else, and I've got it because I, I mean, I'm from West Virginia. I'm from the South. I know Dolly Parton. She's like a god to us people. So um, I knew that question straight away. The the Taylor Swift question, no clue. No clue. So he was definitely okay on that one. I probably would have missed that if you went down to multiple choice. Um, but everything else, I mean, you know, I, I kind of, you know, Moonstruck, of course, my wife is a big fan of Cher, so we know Moonstruck and stuff like that. So I was pretty comfortable with those answers. I was surprised he didn't take Eddie Murphy because – I feel like Alex is a guy that knows like modern comedy and I feel like Eddie Murphy would have been a good category for him. So I was ready for him to take it, but you know, he got lucky and got the, you know, the, the musicians and film and did what he could. Uh, but yeah, when, when that training day question came and he said, ice tea, I was like, no, 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 no Snoop dog, because you know, Denzel Washington makes Snoop dog throw up his crack that he swallows in that film. So that's, it's unforgettable to me. So. <laughs> Ryan, would you have been able to steal the Training Day question as well? Dude, I grew up watching Training Day like it's numerous amazing. times because it's one of the best films. I think it's one of the – for me, I th it may be my favorite like cop film, like cop thriller type film, I guess, in a way. So, And plus it's Denzel freaking Washington. At his best. One, I mean, tell me about it. Like I've seen him play good guys for most of his career, and then he plays a bad guy in this. Like that's insanity. But it was – but he owned it. And he, I mean, he got the award for it, if I remember correctly. So good on Denzel. But yeah, I definitely would have been able to pull training. I'm like, dude, I got that sucker on Blu-ray in my collection. There's no way I would have missed that. CB, sometimes we see competitors on both sides get their strengths um, and you don't see much kind of strategy. It just kind of clears the decks. Whereas Aaron and Alex, they've really had to kind of like fight for their points in this round. Yeah, I mean, obviously Aaron went dropped to the multiple choice on the one question, which was, you know, it's the pain and game one, which, you know, arguably, well, probably not arguably really, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson is probably the, the most famous wrestler that's transitioned into film, which to me actually kind of makes sense that you, they're the, the Rock questions are the ones you may struggle on because he has got that wider 
movie like ranger films to pick from you know when you and obviously david arquette as well was in that thing and that's a tricky one in a whole different way kind of like aaron said he was in wrestling for a bit quite a while ago and he but you know he wasn't there for long so um but no um yeah that's kind of how it is when people uh spin their strengths though they, they're the strengths for a reason they they know this stuff and they plow through and i just think you know makes sense i mean when alex went down to when he uh went to mobile choice to be fair i i knew snoop Dogg at the time but when he said ice tea then i started that well i started like when i saw ice tea on there i started doubting myself i was like oh and then he said ice tea and i thought oh no but then he said it was wrong obviously but um so yeah um yeah it is weird you know they normally go through and i'm rambling so let's move on <laughs> <laughs> andrew what were you feeling coming into round three uh, coming out of round two into round number three, I thought uh, both these competitors looking good, um, good use of multiple choice, both guys taking their time, unsure of answers. They were willing to check to multiple choice, which is a great move because obviously when you're in a close match, which you guys are at this point, you're denying your opponent a chance to steal a larger amount of points from you. You're giving yourself more chance to get that one point and close that gap a little bit. I think both guys are playing technically very, very well here. Not surprising considering as we've all already said we assume that both of you got the slices that you wanted on the wheel so we're expecting to see some strong strong play here considered you know what you're doing you know the answers to three out of the four questions almost without thinking about it i'd say this is a, a textbook round number two for for two guys coming in together and coming out of it i thought you know the way that things have been going that that marzonia marzonia certainly had a chance to maintain his calm and continue to perform well into round number three with only a two-point gap potentially could take the win off of you mr turner but in the end it's going to come down to round number three because two points I, I talk a lot about five points being dangerous how six points is that hump you don't want to have to try and get over in round number three but two points not such a big deal. There's a question in there your opponent can miss. Don't stress yourself out. Take your time. I thought going into it, we're looking at a real good round for number three. And potentially, if it's possible that someone could miss that two-pointer to start things off, maybe even we could be looking at a sudden death here. I was excited going into round three. So let's move into round three. You both get your twos. Alex gets the movie release dates of Seven Piper Ryan and Godzilla 98. You counter with your two, the comedies of Never Been Kissed. And then pretty much the, the round kind of hinges almost on the threes. Alex's three, Ed Harris, um, he's played a character involved in NASA three times, Apollo 13, The Right Stuff, and What 2013 Movie. Hits a repeat and then at the last second just pulls out gravity, doesn't think it's it and is, um, you follow up on your three, you get asked this question in directors, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, what 2015 film? You're all kind of, you're around the answer, but you're yeah. just not getting the answer. The answer obviously being by the sea, you say under the sky. You're almost there, but you're just not quite there. Dude, I'm telling you, the gra that gravity question was like the longest like minute and a half of my entire life. <laughs> I was just like, I, I had no idea. I had no clue. I had no clue it was gravity. I didn't know. Because uh, I've you know I've seen Ed Harris in Apollo thirteen and and it's, it's one of my favorite movies and I just there's no way I was like there's no way I would have got that and I'm glad he got the movie release dates too because I, I I may have gotten that one because uh you know Godzilla and stuff but um yeah the gravity thing is is really that's like the whole story of this match is gravity <laughs> um, I even said after the match like I hate John Mayer and even though he sings the song Gravity he had nothing to do with the movie but I still hate him <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, the Angelina Jolie thing. I've seen that movie. Like, I, it's just, it's not a good movie by any means, by any stretch. It's very forgettable. But yeah, it was, I, 
because I think there's a if I I could be wrong, but I think there's a Kevin Spacey movie. I know we probably shouldn't say that. It's called like By the Sea or Under Beyond the Sea. The sea. Beyond, Beyond the Darren. Sea. Beyond see, I was sea. thinking of that Bobby too. I was, I was thinking of that too, and I was like, yeah, it can't be that because it's that movie. So I was like, Under the Sky, Under the Sun. I was like, No, Under the Tuscan Sun. That's Diane Lane. That's not the same movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what. Under the sky? I don't know. So I kind of knew it. Like when he said when they said the answer, I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I've seen the movie, but it just it just wasn't there for me. So it's back to you then on your five in the category of 80s, this Rooster Millions question. You get it fairly quickly. And then it's all on Alex Action Adventure. What is the name of the 2009 Crank sequel? Crank 2, High Voltage. And your winner by way of winning, Alex Marzonia, twenty three twenty two. Aaron, I have to say, like for a guy who has been kind of not seen within the showdown as such, you performed quite quite well and I kind of my question coming out of this you make a, a fantastic Brock Lesnar reference in your post match I'm, I'm a big UFC guy so oh. I kind of want to, I want to know who is the who is the heat herring in your career that you want to take on next to get back uh, level up I man Brock Lesnar max massacred Heath herring so I don't I don't want to put myself out that far but <laughs> I've got I've got plans man like I said like like I said I'm looking at I'm looking at Robert I'm looking at Vanessa I'm looking at my friend Maxwell like I'm looking at a rematch with Alex. Like I'm looking at all this stuff down the road. There's, you know, the the championship, the the flouse. I feel like he's going to be taken care of long before I get to him. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about that. I don't I don't pride myself on being greedy for championships. I'm greedy for respect. I think I got that a lot in this match. And I think that whoever comes up to me next, it, the beast is awakened. Like that that was a warm-up. Now I'm awake and now now you're in trouble. So um I think like even even my pre-match promo, which is a funny story in itself, because I saw Alex's promo before they they put it out on social, and I was like, Oh my god, I did my promo completely wrong. Like he's he's all like fun loving, and I'm just like dead serious, deadpan. Like it's it's bad. But um I I just I, whoever whoever it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough for you. It's going to be a lot easier for me because now I've got one under my belt, and I'm not. I, I got to be honest. Like coming in, I was nervous. I'm not nervous anymore. I'm not. So I'm nice and relaxed, and that makes me dangerous for quite a few people. Ryan, as they say in boxing, styles make fights, and this was a serious match. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference, my man. You're just coming at it from both sides. You're batting a thousand, son. But let me tell you this. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. I knew nothing about these competitors. Aaron, Alex, I knew nothing about you guys. I'll be perfectly honest. I knew nothing. Not a zip. But when I watched this match and I see the points both of you were putting on the boards respectively, I was like, dang, for fresh faces, these guys are killing it. Like, seriously killing it. And then when he pulls gravity, which, by the way, I knew that. I knew gravity because I saw gravity in the theater. And I remember them – He's over the PA. He's over the uh, the communications in Houston. But you never see Ed Harris. You just hear his voice in the comms with Sandra Bullock and who is it? Oh yeah, George Clooney. George uh, Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is it gravity? Because gravity's the only thing that's coming to mind. Because you already said Apollo 13, which by the way, failure is not an option. <laughs> but gravity, I'm like, I think it is gravity. I'm pretty sure. And then he pulls it, and I'm like, man that was a good pull and then and then the, and you know and then the next one comes up and i'm thinking gee brewster's millions never would have been able to pull that so my hat's off to you good sir uh great <laughs> great pull 
my that round three was nuts. It was insanity, but it was a great match nonetheless. Great debuts by both players. And, you know, Aaron, whoever you go up against next, I wish you the best because that was a heck of a match. And if round three proves anything, it's that both these competitors are forces to be reckoned with. Thank you. CB, uh, Alex calls out Chris Adams. He wants to kind of uh, get back at Chris for the, the push and the promo. But I'm going to throw a name out for Aaron, David Jindoyan. What do you think about that for a matchup? Yep, that would be a good matchup. The other name I was thinking uh, would have been uh, uh, Chattelbash, to be honest. I think Chattelbash has played really well in his two games. He's been unfortunate, really. So, But yeah, you're right. Jin Doyen will be another good one for Aaron to go up to next. And for Alex, I'm, I was thinking more like maybe a Kaylin Corrigan, maybe. They're both they're both 1-0. Both yeah. So it, it could be a, a good next step for the pair of them. But no, I, I just think this round three, I just want to say, I think we had a case again where the three-point questions were tougher than the five-point questions, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. massively. I mean, that by the sea one, like, oh all, yeah. As soon as they read the question about about it was like Jolie and Brad Pitt. Then all all I had in my head was Jolie and Brad Pitt, and I was like, Mister and Mister Mister and Mister Smith. She didn't she yeah. didn't direct that, but I mean, it doesn't help. That I'd never heard of this movie anyway, but. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a case of like the, the three points for me were a lot tougher than the both the five point questions. Suppose it was a great pull by Alex getting that, uh, like, like we've all said, the gravity in the end. But yeah, going forth, Aaron, I, I do agree that Jin Doyen would be a good one. But I also, like I said, I think Chatterbash, yes, he is, he, he is zero and two, but he's played well in both of those defeats. So it could be just a, a good challenge for Aaron going forward. Can I add one more thing about the Angelina Jolie question? Yeah. When they when they started reading it, they're like Angelina Jolie directed. I was like, "All right, it's either Unbroken or it's Changeling. <laughs> I got this, no problem." And then when they said Brad Pitt, I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've seen this movie, but I don't know it. So yeah. that was another thing that went through my head during the match. I was like, "Damn, man, Unbroken or Changeling, no problem." But yeah, yeah. By, the, by the sea, get out of I, here. And I was thinking of the movie, and I'm thinking to myself, wasn't it beyond the shore or by the shore? I was thinking that. Like, I was somewhere in the ballpark during the match. I'm thinking, it's beyond the shore, isn't it? I'm like, nah, that's not. And then I'm like, why couldn't you just say Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp and the tourist? Yeah. I, I, I would have given me that. Gosh. Yeah. Andrew, the, the, Andrew, the slimmest of margins, unfortunately, doing it for Aaron this week. The slimmest of margins, indeed. Good round three, and sure, Marzonia, I'll give you the credit that you deserve. You took your time. You thought about space movies that came out around the right time. You finally gave an answer instead of just saying, I don't know, like some competitors do. And with that, gravity brings Aaron Turner back down to earth. It is a good poll. I will give you that credit. But just, I mean, maybe just be a little sassy to somebody for me, you know, work it out so that I can see some conflict here. You're too nice. You're too much of a nice guy. And that being said about all these movies, one, Ryan, I'm very, very angry at you for reminding me of that film. I don't even want to mention the name of it again. I'm not going to bring it up. By the Sea, that's an incredibly difficult poll. Apparently much more depressing if you film it in Manchester. I don't know. <laughs> it's me, maybe. But I will say about the other movies, Changeling, Unbroken, those are the Angelina Jolie movies I would have thought of first. Both not bad films. Brewster's Millions is a comedy Classic. If you have not yeah. seen Brewster's Millions, I'm going to take the time right now. I'm going to step aside for one moment and say Richard Pryor, John Candy, an absolute legendarily funny movie. Please, 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 guys, if you haven't seen it, go check that one out. A fan favorite of mine for a long, long time. Well played by both guys. And again, the three is more difficult. If you're a competitor in the FCL, one, 
you know, come after your opponents a little bit. I'm looking at you, Marzonia. Two, study, study, study. And when you're studying, Ed Harris, Ed Harris, Ed Harris. And three, when you're in that round number three, you got those JTEs. Feel free to use them on your three-pointer because it looks like that's where the difficulty really crystallizes in a lot of these matches. Ultimately, we come down with maybe not the victory that I was rooting for coming into round number three. Mr. Turner, I was definitely on your side on this one, but he's a nice guy. So congratulations, Marzonia. What a poll. You did a great job and you both played very, very well. Impressive showing for both of you. So I think we'll see you back soon, Aaron. And uh, as for Marzonia, he'll be moving on from this. But, you know, come on, man. A little bit of edge. <laughs> And with that, let's close the book on FCL 16 and look forward to what's going to happen next week in the FCL. Next week in the FCL, we got two matches that are I am 100% certain are going to cause a ruckus on the Twitter sphere, on the internets, the interwebs. It's probably going to break the internet, specifically with a title match I'll talk about in just a moment. But first... We got Fred Klein versus Brennan Marr. Uh, this ought to be a good one. Both competitors, you know, did pretty good in their debuts, and they're trying to come up in the world, trying to come up in the rankings, and so to speak. So it should be a good match by both competitors, I feel. I think it's going to be a pretty good one. Could be well scoring. Could be. Could not. It did, could go either way. But, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Fred Klein versus Brennan Marr? Well, I mean, this should be a very interesting matchup. I think based on what we saw from the first match, there's a few things we can expect out of this match. We can expect Brennan Marr to answer a very large number of his questions correctly. I think he was solid all the way through in the first performance that we saw. And I'm afraid of any man who can say without any irony in his voice that he took down a flying cow because that is an achievement to be proud of. List that on your CV next time you're applying for a job. Fighting Fred Klein, things we know about him. He also has some definite inbuilt knowledge. I think maybe there might be a few fringe things on the sides he might miss out on, but we can be absolutely assured that when he arrives, he will be surrounded by dark wood paneling, rich Corinthian leather. This is a man who lives high class, and it should be a heck of a battle. Both of them looking to improve their records. Obviously, Brennan ahead at this point, but I could see either one coming out with the win. It always depends on how the question fall should be a good starter Andrew never at a loss for words so stats man the man with the stats Keith what do you got on this one this is an interesting fight I think because as Travis Fishburne's career has continued Fred's loss to him actually elevates him I think above Brennan in this fight in my opinion um so I actually have Fred as the favorite in this even though Brennan was uh, I think he was 93% in that fight against the Flying Cow. I just have a feeling in, in my waters that Fred Klein's going to take this. I don't know why, but I just think that there's something inside me that's saying Fred Klein, so that's who I'm shouting for. Hmm. All right, all right. Ready into this? Ready answer to, uh, the man behind the curtain, CB, what do you got on this one? I'm going for uh, Brennan to take the win from this one. I think Fred, he did do very well against Travis Rifford, and it, obviously it is Travis, and He's shown what he can do in his uh, subsequent matches. You know, he's up there now with the perfect record still. But and but Brennan was fantastic against the Flying Cow, to be fair. And that was playing flat contract, and I just can't see it going any other way. Hmm. Fair points, fair points. Our guest of the week, Aaron, what do you got on this one, my man? I don't know a lot about these two guys. I, yeah, suffice it to say, I haven't seen their matches, so I don't, I don't really have an informed opinion, but I will be watching. Sounds perfectly perfectly fine with us here at This Week in the FCL. Now, 
something we haven't seen yet, but we're about to see uh, ne- or you know coming up very soon next week, I should say. FCL is not wasting any time. We already they've already crowned a first class league singles champion in Zafert and Flaus, which by the way that doesn't count. It just doesn't count. Okay, so just don't come. I don't care if you come at me on Twitter, but this match is going to count. We're actually going to crown the FCL's first ever Star Wars champion. They are not wasting any time in the developmental league of the movie trivia show. Now we got. Star Wars title on the line here with Sonny Olsen. Speaking of nice people on the internet and in real life, I'm sure. Sonny, you always make every day a sunny day. Sonny Olsen versus J.C. Reifenberg. My goodness gracious, this is going to be a heck of a match, heck of a title match. Me personally, nice guys are going to finish first. So, Sonny Olsen, I think you are going to walk away as the first ever FCL Star Wars Star Wars World Heavyweight Champion. But stats, man, Keith, who do you think is going to walk away with the, with the Star Wars title? I think in this title fight there's almost kind of shades of nick harley against kofi outlaw in the sense that i think sonny is playing can be like the harley sort of style where he kind of understands the strategy of the game whereas i think jc is kind of like kofi in that it's all knowledge and nothing else that over five rounds plays into the strategy person in my opinion and I think Sonny will just about find a way to get the job done and have that beautiful belt sent via DHL from America to his home. Simple as. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, CB, who do you think is going to walk away as the first ever Star Wars champion of FCL? Um, I think, you know, they're both good competitors. Uh, JC, obviously, he defeated uh, Adam Gertler in the first match, you know. Um Adam, I don't think he, he... He played well. He played better than I thought he was going to, but I don't know necessarily he was much of a challenge for JC, to be fair. And I think JC's got that good base knowledge, but I don't know how really invested in keep watching and producing Star Wars content uh, he is compared to Sonny, who's obviously does all the reactions to all the shows. He watches all the shows, does all the, his own YouTube channel full of Star Wars stuff. So you've got to think, you know... If it's just against, you know, this is the knowledge I've got or studying knowledge, I think I would lean towards Sonny to take this. But I will say, you know, I think they're probably lucky that Ross is no longer in the FCR, to be honest, because I think he would have probably taken it, in my opinion. Hmm, yeah, I'm leaning towards Sonny. Hmm. Fair points, fair points. Now, uh, Andrew, are you gonna are you gonna pull a uh, CB and ride the fence, just sit on the fence and not pick anybody because they're just too good to be true? Or do you actually have a competitor in mind who's gonna walk away as a Star Wars champion of of the FCL, respectively? Well, let me sell, say this to you, Ryan. Star Wars title match should be exciting, and as Keith pointed out, we've got perhaps a battle of strategy versus knowledge, which is always hard to pick. Is the guy who just knows it all or the guy who plays it correctly who will come out with the victory? And to your question, Ryan, I have checked for wrought iron fence posts. I have cleared away all the pickets, and I'm going to plant myself firmly on the middle of that fence on this one and answer to you the one thing that I know for certain about this match. If there's 50 questions, I'm going to answer one correct. Maybe. <laughs> That's all I know. Should be a heck of a match, as we've said many times. Star Wars, one of the most competitive divisions, the deepest cuts as far as questions go. I don't think anyone would argue that there's a different level that appears in a Star Wars match, especially a Star Wars title match. So, Sonny, JC, good luck to both of you. I'm not making a call because I don't want to. I just want to see you guys get in there and impress as best you can. It should be a high-scoring match and should be a very worthy main event in our next FCL showing. 
Wow, Andrew pulled a CB. He's going to ride. The, he's going to just sit on the fence. and going to ride the fence. But anyway, special guest of the week, Aaron, you've been around sports for a long time. You've watched a lot of wrestling. You've watched a lot of MTS. You've seen champions rise to the – you've seen the cream rise to the top. You've seen other competitors fall very, very badly and take bad bumps. But i got to ask you, Star Wars title, FCL, Sonny versus JC, who's walking away as the champion? Oh, I got to be honest. I, I, clear me a spot, Andrew. I'm going to be sitting on the fence with you. Um, <laughs> Star Wars is not my bag in terms of uh, – here I am giving away strategy again. It's not my bag in terms of, of trivia. Um, but I tell you this, man. Like You come into a match like this. It's a championship match. It's big stage, bright lights, You know, even though we're not in a studio. But still, it's a big deal because you're going up against somebody that is either equal to – or just at you know just at your level, or maybe a little above you. So you have to play to that level. And I mean, let's not even forget the fact that it's a championship match, first championship in this league. A lot of eyes are going to be on it, not just the eyes of the FCL fans, but MTS fans. Maybe some MTS managers are taking a look. Maybe you got some scouting eyes on you. So that's a lot to take in for a championship match, uh, just kind of out of nowhere. So. I'm going to plant myself firmly on the on the fence. Good luck to both these guys. You can kick my butt any day in this division. My Ryan, goodness. I actually have a question for you. Um, <laughs> how much of a factor do you think the time zone is going to affect Sonny? Because roughly speaking, off the top of my head, this is going to start at about 1 o'clock in the morning, his time. So, you Ooh. know, so that means like a match is usually about an hour, give or take. So that's 2 o'clock in the morning still trying to use his brain to really go into in-depth knowledge of 12 movies and three TV shows. What do you think of that? I would say the best thing that Sonny can do is put on a couple of pots of really well-made, put-together coffee. Because <laughs> you are going to need it when you're doing a match at 1 in the morning. Two, dude, I, most of us, 99% of the population should be at that point, in, in their respective time zones, I might add. Uh, they should be asleep. should be sleeping. Not like this, but... Sonny, my man, put on a pot of coffee. You got a long weeks, if not nights, work ahead of you, my man. But you know what? It's going to be a heck of a match no matter what. If you wake up the neighbors, hey, things happen. Things happen. <laughs> if you get a noise complaint from the local officials, hey, you got a Star Wars poster. That gives you plenty of credibility in my book, pal. So, Sonny, JC, good luck to both competitors. Both these matches are going to be fantastic in their own right, but I especially have my eye on the Star Wars championship match. But you know what? My goodness gracious, you know what, Andrew? We need to set a course for the 24th century. I feel the future is there waiting for us. Make it so. All right. Well, that is everything that happened on the matches this week. We have broken them down along with Aaron Turner. We are sorry that you were not able to pull out the victory, but we want to reiterate, Mr. Turner, our thanks for having you on the show, as well as saying that you did play a great matchup, very close with your opponent. Hopefully the next time will turn out better for you. And, of course, we'll be coming back next week to tell you all the news about the FCL that's fit to print. We'll be talking about that fighting Fred Klein versus Brandon Marr matchup. Who will be the Star Wars champion finally? Find out all of that when you come back and join us as we break down everything around the league and everything happening in the league. 
for now. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. But before we do, we've got some of our requisite pluggy, pluggy plugs to send your way. Don't forget about our Spotlight Series. We're still filming those with competitors from the FCL. We've got some great ones already on there. Ryan, you got to sit down and talk to late to the party in our very first one. And we've had a couple great ones since then. So feel free to check any one of those out. Don't forget, we are available on your favorite podcast feed. That's right. This week in the FCL is not just on YouTube. We are available on podcast anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. So go ahead and check us out there as well. Give those likes and subscribes if you want to. I am the Elk. You can find me online tweeting about pretty much nothing important at, at Kelk Andrew. Keith, where can everybody find you? Twitter and Instagram at Cake Love Media and check me out on the opening pair YouTube channel where we talk about sports, movies, and pretty much whatever myself and my co-host Kyle have the site that week. Pay right. no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, that's me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter Sorry. at Chris Barnes underscore UK, on Instagram at the Movie Barnes, and that's pretty much it. The hardest working man on our desk. That's right, Ryan Permison. You've always got a lot going on. Why don't you tell us about it? Goodness gracious, do I ever, kind sir. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. Check out our YouTube channel, Nerd Culture. New videos are being posted each and every week. Check out my live weekly show on YouTube on the Nerd Culture channel. And I quote, interview a special guest every week, Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And also check out new episodes of the Nerdcast or review some of the movies I've had a chance to see on Anchor, Google, Spotify. It's called the Nerdcast. You can find uh, me there. And also, I was on the latest episode of Digesting Cinema with Aaron and Christina from the movie Trivia Schmodown. Speaking of uh, MCS people, we digested a film known as The League of Their Own, probably my favorite sports film ever made in the history of mankind. Mm. Why? Because there's no crying in baseball and Tom Hanks is America's dad. Who can say no to that? Other than that, set a course for po- all our podcasts, all our social media feeds, Maximum War. Next person. All right. And our special guest, once again, so many thanks for you coming on here. We'd love to have you back anytime. Aaron Turner, I know you're working hard. I know you've got a ton of stuff going on. So why don't you tell everybody exactly where they can find you online? You can find me on Twitter at only Aaron Turner, where I talk wrestling pretty much. That's pretty much it. Or movies on occasion. And then you can find me uh, Saturdays on uh, John Roca's YouTube channel as John Roca and I uh, do our podcast Strong Style uh, in video form and podcast form Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time or noon Pacific or whatever time zone you may be in. So uh, check us out there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me. Well, if you're used to dealing with John Roca on a podcast, then we must have seemed like an absolute delight. <laughs> no doubt about Aaron it. Aaron <laughs> you, you are a fine competitor. We look forward to seeing you back here if you'd ever like to join us, maybe in a spotlight series in the future, and, of course, for your upcoming matches in the FCL. Best of luck. Keep playing hard, and we'll keep watching, along with all of you, the classiest of fans out there. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing to support us, the First Class League, and the Movie Trivia Schmodown. Until next time, we're going to say we're going to close off today but we'll see you when we're talking about all of the action next week on this week in the fcl